Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be listening to part two of my chat with Eastbound and Down actor Elizabeth DeRazio. And really, really appreciate the feedback that was sent through about part one. Keep sending that through via Instagram or via our social medias. I really do appreciate it. Now, Tell Craig Your Story is on all the social medias at Tell Craig Your Story. We are also on VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. And we also have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We have a YouTube channel there, which is updated very regularly. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates when they are uploaded. I want to give a quick shout out to our brand new sponsor, Malvina's Things. And you can go to their website, www.malvinathings.com. Or you can go to their social medias, Malvina's underscore things. All right, here we go. This is part two of my chat with Elizabeth DeRazio on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Now, hypothetically, with all that's happened now, especially in the US, do you think that if Eastbound and Down was to premiere this year, would it have the same effect as what it would have done ten years ago? Honestly, because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are very <laughs> touchy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But honestly, I don't know if it could live. Like I think that I think yes, and I think no. Yeah. I think uh, yes because again, it like ran the gamut of what it did to everyone across the board. Like the biggest like joke quote unquote was Kenny you know yeah. like it was like he was the expect like he was like the butt of the joke like a lot of the times and he didn't even know it sometimes yeah. he did sometimes he didn't but um I, I think because it ran the gamut that it it could potentially live here there are some things obviously that wouldn't be okay like I know I always from my Latino friends I on the deal, but not so on the deal, they would always throw like, you know, like we have to stop playing like maids and cholos and stuff because, you know, we're keeping our own people down. And, I'm, and my thing is always like, but those people do exist in our community. So what's, yes. there ain't no shame in that game. Like yeah. they're still working. Like, Absolutely. you know, if, if I'm playing a maid, a maid that looks like me exists. Like, yes. why are you telling me that I can't portray her because like it's keeping our culture down? And what are you talking, what are you saying about her? That her yes. job doesn't matter? So it, there's always, I'm always like, okay, I think people are very quick to get really offended. I yes. do think that there was supposed to be a reckoning in order for some things to shift, like with the Me Too movement and stuff. But then there's such a thing as overcorrecting, and right? Like we saying, and like we were saying before, like, you're acting. It's not real. Yeah. It's a story. It's it's fun. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's entertainment. They take it a little bit too, they're a little bit too yeah. sensitive. At you times, know, I do believe that, and I'm just like, oh, come on, guys! Like, we there's 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 other things that we can definitely fight about. If you don't like it, turn it off. Yeah, don't watch, just you know what I mean. Wrong. Just like <laughs> even on Facebook, like, why get into these fights on Facebook? Just if you don't like That's it, right. just, you have the ability to scroll right along. Like, why do you need to? So, I mean, like, literally, when I post stuff, because you know, I'm very politically outspoken, and I know that a lot of people don't agree with me. I had someone who I considered a, not a dear friend, but just a friend who is from Australia. He was very much involved in our politics and what was happening with Black Lives Matter. And like he was just like going on tirades. And one time he posted something and I liked a comment of someone saying something against what he was saying, because I wasn't going to go and create dialogue with him because I knew that I was going to change his mind. And there was no point in me doing that because I'm like, all I'm going to do is end up angry at this person. And, you know, overall, I like him. But because he saw that I liked that person, he sent me this massive tirade through Messenger. And I'm like, dude. Like <laughs> the fact that you went off on a tirade because I liked someone else's comment in your thread says more about you than it says about me. Yeah, I've told you several times, I disagree with you. Let's agree to disagree, but you're not letting it go. And yeah. so then he blocked me and he unfriended me. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. You're doing me a favor because <laughs> I don't, I don't need this drama, dude. Like Positive I thought people. we were cool, but 
and he's a he was a fan because he met me because of the Greasy Strangler, and I met him and his girlfriend in person. But I'm just like, this is too much drama. Like, I freaking invited him to Marilyn Manson's 50th birthday. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this is, like we we were we were cool, but then he just it was just like okay, like we're not all going to agree on these politics, and it, it's just I I used to get more involved. Like in 2016, I was very highly involved, but then now I'm just like. I'm not losing friendships with people because ideologically we disagree. I'm like, now, if you are trying to, you know, impose like on my rights, like in my right to choose as a woman, in my right as a human being and tell me to go back to my country, then I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself and we're done. But as long as like you're not doing that and I'm not doing that back to you, I'm cool. Let's just not discuss it. Like, let's not talk about gun control. Because I know where you stand, you know where I stand, that's only gonna cause a fight. I know, you know, you're a Republican and I'm a liberal Democrat. Let's just not discuss it. Cause we're gonna vote the way we're gonna vote and nobody's gonna know who we vote for but us when we go to the ballot box, right? So yeah, so that whole thing and then just the overcorrecting that's been happening and it's 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 a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Sometimes I feel like Latinos, we're kind of stuck in the middle. Like, I, I think Margaret shows that a bet she's like, you know, when when it's like black, when it's like white against black or black against white, Latinos and Asians are like, what do we do? Where do we go? We're, we're, <laughs> what do we do? Because uh, sometimes we're not even part of the conversation. You yeah. know? Um, so it's just a very, you know, a very, very weird environment that we're in. But I think it's it'll correct itself, you know, and there'll be some happy medium. You know, although I think there's things that definitely need to, like Black Lives Matter, you know, things like that. I really do believe like there, there it, it needs to happen, you know, because there is I can't be blind to the fact that, yes, black men are murdered by the police at a higher rate than any other race. I, I, there's there's no way around that. If you are saying that there isn't that you're completely blind to it, and that's the only political thing that I will say is like Black Lives Matter, man. Yes. I, like. You know, that's just it. <laughs> and, and it's just a shame that, that, it, that it's happened because uh, I've been to the U.S., you know, four or five times and I've, I've got so many good friends over there and it's still, you know, I'm always worried about, like, are they okay? Uh, seeing the yeah. things on the news and, the, you know, the riots and it's just, I just hope you guys are staying safe. I love the U.S. and it's, you know, Lots of good people there. So Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think there's still a lot of good people. I think that because of the, you know, of iPhones and so readily available, we, we see usually see the worst of the US. But yes. I mean, I think that there's still a lot of good people, a lot of good absolutely. people to help each other. But yes, at the same time, yes, there are racists, there are people who are assholes. And, you know, that that's always been a thing. It's just now that we get to see it a lot more. And yes. it's oversaturation, as well, you know. I think. I think also the media, we only see the bad things as well. So it'd be good to see some good things as well. But Sinsky's, uh, what is it? Some good news. Yes, I love it because I'm yes. just like I have to stop watching the news because it was so yes. depressing. Like yeah. I'm like I get it, I get it. All of this shit, and... and I should be informed, but I just need a break. Like yes. I'm not going out as it is, but I I just need a little bit of a break because. You know, like I loved watching Rachel Maddow, but then it just got too dark for me. So I'm just like, maybe Trevor Noah, because it's still music, but so it's like the news is just a bit much, both sides. So let's get back to Eastbound and Down. So yes. at the end of it, like people would have started recognizing you a little bit more. Uh, like, so how did you deal with that? Like, is this like the first time that you're like the public eye? Do you get the stalkers? How do you deal with media and, and people wanting to interview you and sort of trying to keep your personal life quiet? Well, I'm pretty open about my personal life. Like, um, yeah. I'm not really, you know, I'm pretty much an open book and I just kind of say what I'm thinking, which sometimes could get me into trouble. Um, <laughs> but you uh, sometimes, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but recognition wise, it's just really weird. It's a weird yeah. thing because it's like, on the one hand, I understand it because I'm like a fangirl. Like I love, like if you yeah. look at my profile, it's like I'm a Kelly Clarkson fan, you know, like fangirl, like that's my thing, um, my claim to fame. But it's a really weird thing when it's happening to you because I see what I think people that I admire see when they look at me. Cause it's like that sort of glaze, like, Yes. <laughs> I've seen that, but I've also seen that from like fellow actors who I've admired. Like, I remember I was at this uh, HBO Golden Globe party, and 
I was walking back from the buffet line and Bill Maher was walking towards it. And I saw that look and I was like, holy shit, is it, is it me? And he literally very, very suave put, taps my arm and he's like, I love you on the show, by the way. He's like, you're brilliant. Uh, he just walked away. Wow. And I was like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. That was Bill Maher. I'm like, my friend was with me. I'm like, did the dodges happen? And she's like, dodges <laughs> then I also remember using that night as like her so that she could meet a Seth Seth MacFarlane and uh, and I was like hi you know I'm Elizabeth Terraza from like East Bend he's like yeah I know you Maria blah blah and I was like yeah anyways my friend Kaylee really wants to meet you <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> yeah, I also to take pictures of the people from Game of Thrones because yeah, I was like, right. oh, god yeah <laughs> But, like, you know, I would have people like Joe Manangelio come up to me because he was such a fan of our show. And he's like, I really want to be on your show. This was He was on True Blood. Or even Steve Buscemi because I went up to introduce myself to him because it was a group of us. And I was like, hi. I'm, he's like, I know who you are. He's like, you're great. And I was like, oh, thank you. Steve uh, <laughs> You know, like, so yeah. it's, like, really cool. And then, like, with people who are fans of the show, I guess I, I wouldn't say stalkers per se, but I would say that. There was a time where I was extremely naive and um, there's like that map my fitness or map my hike kind of thing. And I would go hike on hikes in L.A. And I didn't know that I was sharing it to my Facebook account, like the routes that I was taking. And I remember it was super early one morning, like maybe like 7, 730 in the morning. And I was up in this very desolate area and I had just passed like two women. But then I see this guy jogging and he's not stopping. He's jogging towards me. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're still here. You're still here. He's like, I didn't know we were still going to be here when I got here. He's like, because I was following your route. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Luckily, he just wanted a picture. But that yeah. really scared me. And I almost started crying because I was like, I, I, I just, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that someone would go out of their way like that and, uh, and that it could have been worse than that encounter. But he was very, very sweet. I'm not going to, you know, put him on blast or anything. But it did scare me yeah, a little bit. And so that's one of the things that happens is that when people recognize me, I sort of start crying because I don't know what to do. Because I don't know, quote unquote, what they want from me. And I don't want to disappoint. And maybe that I'm not can, as funny in person. You can remember what it was like. Scully and Mulder, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's always that, like, I don't know what they expect from me, if they're going to want me to be as funny as I am on the show yes. or how they like me on the show. And even when they go into auditions now, like they're like, we want you to be Maria. Okay. Maria doesn't work in like, they always ask me that whenever I go in for multi-cam shows, which is very different than single cam comedy shows. And they want yes. me to be Maria. I'm like, I can't be Maria because first of all, you'll never give me the liberties that I had on the yeah. show on HBO. That's so right. I can't yeah. For you. Like there's no way. So then there's always like this look of disappointment, and I'm just like, oh god, you know, like oh my yeah. god, can I stop here? <laughs> so then after that, you went to um, I do believe you went down to South America to shoot the 33. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about that. I've been to Brazil and Argentina. Uh, where was this shot? And uh, shot tell us a little bit of where it happened. Where about? Copiapo, it's, it's about two hour flight from Santiago, but it's right. called Copiapo, which is where they actually were caved in. Uh, it's, it's this mining town of a hundred thousand people. Uh, right. and we shot it in the actual, we shot it one mine over from where it actually happened. And, uh, it was casted by, um, Carla Hool, uh, and it was, uh, directed by Patricia Regan. And I think this was her first big project. And I remember I was, I was at the pier in Santa Monica and my agent's like, I need you to get yourself on tape because I think I'm about to get you a deal. So I had to like leave Santa Monica, rush to get on tape and like send it to him. And I ended up getting the role. I don't even think, did I go in in person? No, I don't think I went in person. They casted me off my tape. But I later found out that because the director wasn't really nice to me in the beginning, most of the shoot, I was there for seven weeks. It was the last two weeks that she was, she warmed up to me. And I didn't know it was because she had her mind, her heart set on Antonio Banderas' daughter to play this role. But the producers, Edward and Robert, Robert Katz and Edward uh, McGurin wanted me because they liked me from East Bend and Down and thought that they had the, the comedy, like the comedic chops to like make the character just funny and a little different. Yeah. Um, so I think she kind of held that against me. So yeah. she wouldn't direct me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
And so Adriana Barraza, who was played my scene partner most of the time, would guide me through it. Uh, and it wasn't until the last, she's probably going to hate me if she hears this. Um, but, uh, I mean, but it was true. She was not nice to me. She wasn't nice to me for a very long time. It wasn't until we went to this, there was this billionaire who did a cameo on the movie Farkas, who in real life, he actually gave money to the miners because he's a multi-billionaire. And so he came into the cameo and he was sitting next to me because I, I wasn't supposed to work that day, but Gabriel Burns needed just someone to do off camera, like talk to him as his wife. So they right. called me and asked me to do that. And it's like, are you, you're not going to say no to Gabriel Burns, right? But, <laughs> so um, like, you'd be crazy. So I was sitting waiting and Fatikas was next to me and he was really nervous. And I said, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm just nervous. Like, how do you do this? And I said, it's just make-believe. And I'm like, you know, when we were kids, we just played make-believe. That's really all it is. I'm like, there's nothing, there's no brain surgery involved. There's like, you know, like nobody's life is at stake here. I'm like, it's just make-believe. That's yes. all you got to think about. And he's like, thank you. So originally all of like the main people from the movie were invited to his home for a dinner. So it was like the director, yes. Gabriel Burns, Juliet, uh, Benoche, and uh, Kate del Castillo, Coti de Pablo, you know, like the bigger names, uh, Antonio and all of them. And of course I would have never have gotten an invite, but because I was so kind to him, he sent me a personal invitation. Oh, wow. And then the director saw me there and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, he invited me. And he's like, oh, da, 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 da. I was at, we were all after dinner, just kind of hanging out. And Naomi, who ended up going to play Jasmine in the Latin, uh, the one that just came out with Will Smith, she, he was like, sing, like, let's sing. And she's like, well, she's like, I need you to play something. And she was trying to figure out what she was going to sing. And then my director looks at me and she's like, you sing. And I'm like, I'm not a monkey. <laughs> and then she's like, well, can you sing or not sing? And I was like, yeah, I can sing. And I'm like, but I don't need accompaniment. I'm like, I do acapella. And I sang this ranchera, which is traditional Mexican music. And then she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you could sing and blah, blah, blah. From that night on, she was like, my friend. <laughs> wow. And, met, and like some mariachi. Oh, really? That's so cool. That's great. The last of, of this movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you, she knows how unkind she was to me, but she'll probably hear it from this. <laughs> <laughs> but you, uh, speaking of singing, you said you've also done some uh, recording as a, as a singer as well? Yes, I have. I mean, I, I have music that I've written that I've recorded, uh, not professionally. It's just like, because um, it's I it's work through. It's like workshopping it, like to try and get it somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I have one particular one that I have an MP4 uh, of, because it's about actually my husband, my now husband, it's about him. And, uh, and then I've done shows in LA. Um, my vocal coach was Adriana McPhee. She's the vocal coach in American Idol now. And she's Catherine McPhee's sister. She was my vocal coach for a very long time. And uh, I actually went to her because I was auditioning for Glee. And uh, I was doing On the Edge of Glory by Lady Gaga. And she was like help coaching me. And then I just started going to her classes. And she did these workshops where you would go for six weeks and learn four songs. And then you would go to this dinner in a show place and you would do a set of four songs and, and some uh, patter, I think it's what they call it. Yes. And uh, so I did it three times with her. And it's because I'm, I have horrible stage fright. And I was like, I just wanted to do it because I like doing things that scare me. So tell us about that. So, sorry, Liz, tell us about uh, your, your stage fright. I'm always interested to know. Your, millions of people are watching you on the screen, but you said that you, you do have some stage fright. Do you still have it now? Oh, absolutely. I, yes? I, I hate auditioning. I hate is it like a Is it like a, 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 like a nervous, excited sort of thing? No, or? it's just nervous. It's just like, just oh, nervous? my God, I'm going to die. Please get me out of here. Right. Yes, like it's like it's a stomach my stomach starts hurting, my palms get really sweaty, my my throat starts to close up and get like very dry. And it's like this fight or flight kind of thing. It's very, very debilitating. I hate public speaking. When people have asked me to speak, I always say yes. And then I regret it every single day until I do it. And then right. I do it and I regret it. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh God, thank God. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. But, but I hate it. I hate it so much. I, and even when I'm on set, like, but see, on set, it's different because I'm not me. I'm someone else. Yes. So I remember I was super nervous because I had to do this speech on Vida that Tanya had written for Yoli. 
and she's like, what's going on with you? Like, you're so tough. And so, and I'm like, I'm like, I hate public speaking. And she's like, but you're not public speaking. Yoli is. And I was like, oh, you're right. It's not me. So that helped me. But whenever I'm singing, it's me. It's my voice. It's what I'm feeling. It's what I'm trying to emote. So that's just, uh, even when I'm public speaking as well, it's me telling a story. People are watching me. And that is just so frightening to me. And just um, like, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I cry when people recognize me. I don't cry because I'm excited. I'm cry. I cry because I'm so, so nervous. Yes. I'm so nervous meeting them. It's just, yeah, I think it's the expectation and just like this fear of like, I don't want to, I don't know what to say. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely. Let's do the throw of a curveball. So you went down to South America to do uh, the C3. Yeah. So we also talked about you uh, actually coming to Australia as well. Yes. So yeah. uh, obviously we have, my main audience is from Australia. So tell us about your experiences coming down, down under. It was wonderful. I loved Australia and I so hope that I can go and that I can take my husband because at the time we were engaged and I wanted him to come, but he couldn't come because of work. But I spent about 15 days in Australia, traveling throughout Australia. And I went to Melbourne, to Sydney, to Ballarat, to Tasmania, to Adelaide, to Brisbane and Sydney. Did you come to Newcastle? Newcastle is very, very close to Sydney. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I was only in Sydney for one night. Oh, I was right. so bummed. Actually, right. a night and a half. Well, let me see. No, one night. I was only there for one night. We got there in the afternoon. We had the event that evening, and I had to leave the next morning to fly back to LA. I didn't even get to see your opera. I saw it from a distance. Oh, the opera house. Yes. I was like, why? <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so lovely and just like I don't know, everybody that that I met was great. I was doing this thing called Mon- Monster Fest, and uh, so we traveled throughout, you know, different places and did, you know people watched the movie and then we had like a Q and A after, and it was myself and Sky who plays Brayden. Uh, originally, Michael was supposed to go, but he wasn't approved his visa because he had a, a charge for marijuana, like oh, from the seventies, really? and oh, they didn't let him in. So then they call, his publicist called me and she's like, Can, do you want to go to Australia? And I'm like, well, not at his expense. And yes. then she's like, and Michael's like, I want you to go. I want you to go. Because originally I wasn't invited. It was just the guys. And, uh, and because Michael couldn't go, I got to go. And it was really, it was really cool. Um, it was just a really fun experience. I got to try different things. I did this I, somewhere online where I got to try different Australian delicacies and Vita Vita Medjamin was one of them. Or is Vegemite? it Vegemite? Yeah, Vita Vita Medjamin. That's Lucy, right? <laughs> uh, Vegemite. That was awful. <laughs> I think in my interview I said that it reminds me that it tastes like a hospital smells. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because uh, I, you know, growing up, that's all I used to eat. Like Vegemite on toast, Vegemite sandwiches. Is it just basically that, like our peanut butter and jelly? It's a pretty Vegemite. much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, it's a custom to me. So I, I yeah. just like, oh yeah, Vegemite. You got to put more Vegemite on there. There's not enough, you know. And you guys are super all about the Nutella too. And oh, I'm not a big chocolate fan because mm-hmm. uh, I get really bad migraines from chocolate. Uh, so I was just like, yeah, not a fan. Also, I was just shocked that. People don't take tips. No, like no I tip. had, I had people refuse tips, and I was like, "But, but seriously?" And they're like, "No." And I was like, "But, but, you know, Americans were so used to tipping, and even right. like when I've gone to like Europe, now some people do expect tourists to tip now because they know that we're we're tippers, like you, you, especially yes, like yes. people from the U.S. Uh, but you're not like it's it's like offensive to some people, no. um, and uh, so I was shocked by that. I was like, "What?" I'm like, yeah. but, but I'm supposed to give you 20%. <laughs> that's right. Just take well, my money. Why don't well, you give me That's, that's my right. Money? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe some people are offended by it, but, you know, no, I don't know. It's all included. Uh, like the whole, well, because you, you get, get the whole receipt. Yeah, yeah, you get the, the, the GST and that's all a part of the, the tip is a part of the, the yeah. actual price of the, the meal, yeah. you know, so. I was just shocked. I was like, uh, what? 
Well, it's totally different to like the first time I went to the US. I didn't tip. I, I ordered I ordered a pizza, you know. He's just like standing there. He's just standing there waiting. And it's like, okay, bye. And slam the door in front of you. And it's like, <laughs> and my friend said, did you tip him? And it's like, no. And I was like, oh, shit. And, you know, I paid $4 for the pizza. And, you know, it would easy fuel. And he's, and it's like, oh, damn. Could we ring him up? And, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my first experience of not not tipping, but um, yeah, I'm always it's always interesting. How much do you tip, and you know, yeah. you're not tip if it, you don't like the service and all that. But yeah, it was all. If, even if I don't like the service, I will still tip. I will tip uh, ten to fifteen percent because I'm like, okay, they're still like earning their wages through tips. Yeah. And even though like they weren't great, I'm not going to be an asshole. <laughs> yes. um, but obviously if they're really awesome and then they go above and beyond, I always do like 20 to 25%, you know? And also because my husband, when we first met, uh, he was a waiter. So he always, he ingrained that in me, you know, like we make our money from tips. Like that's how we make our living. Uh, and my friend Rocky, who's an actor, waiter, um, manager at this restaurant, that's how he makes his money. So I'm like, okay. Like, I just have to think of them as Rocky or my husband at that time and, and tip them what I yeah. think that they should be tipped. But yeah, no, I mean, like, it was really cool. I Like, I loved Tasmania. It's oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. We went to uh, Hobart. Yes, Hobart. Yes. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. It was so, so beautiful. And that's where I tried Wallaby. Oh. <laughs> so guilty because i went to the brisbane like koala like uh reserve or whatever the sanctuary yes and i held a koala uh and the koala was totally grabbing my breast Uh, (laughs) and then i also laid down with some kangaroos and i'm like oh my god do they know do they know that i ate one of their friends like (laughs) and i tried wallaby or kangaroo sausage in that thing too oh yeah and i was like oh my god oh my god no (laughs) What am I doing? Um, what else did I try? I don't know. It was like this whole thing of like trying different Australian things. Yeah. And I think like phrases to see if we understood what the phrases are. And also there were some Australians that I understood and some that I was just like, uh-huh. Yes. Oh, I, I would either go uh-huh or be like, ha 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 ha. I'm like, I don't know if they said anything funny, but I'm just going to laugh because more <laughs> than likely they're trying to be funny because people, you know, will try to be funny with me. So I would either laugh or go, oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh dear, yes. Some of the some of the country. If you go further out into the into the outback, uh, the further you go out, their accent starts to get a little bit very Australian. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I I was like, I don't know what. We've got all these slang words, and we we shorten the words, and we and uh, and then sometimes I'd be like, what is that? And then like, they would say it again. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to ask again because that's going to just be so damn rude. So I'm like, oh, yeah. That could have been asking me, like, for my account number or something. And I was just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, 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 there sure. you go. Yeah. Totally. But, yeah, no, it was it was really cool. Like Very big. Uh, I don't think – I don't yeah. think uh, – I, I was uh, shocked that you had Spanish speakers. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. They're very multicultural. Very, very multicultural. I was very shocked. 2016. If they didn't know you from Eastbound and Down, then I'm sure they would uh, recognize you from the Greasy Strangler. How did that all come about? Was again, was it because of the Eastbound and Down sort of was, was so popular? Is that is that what got you to this? Yes. As well? So um, I got the script for the Greasy Strangler, and my agent at the time was convinced that it was going to be like Napoleon Dynamite's on stereo- steroids and have that same cult following. And I read it and I was like, I don't like this script. I'm like, I, it's not something that I want to do. I don't think it's funny. Uh, I just, I didn't get it. Um, I was very like, ugh, about it. And um, and he's like, well, can you just go in and read? I'm like, no, I don't want to go in for it. Like, I don't like, I have to prep it. I have to do all this stuff. I don't want to go in for it. He's like, well, Elijah Wood really wants to see you in this. Like, cause he's one of the producers and he's a fan of yours of Eastbound and Down. And I was like, I just, I don't like, I don't see it. I don't, I don't want to do it. So we left it at that. The next day he had my manager called me who he knows I have a better relationship with because I like him and I butt it a lot, like heads a lot. And uh, so he had her call me. He called in the big guns and they're just like, just go. They just, just so that they can get you out of their head, just go in. And I'm like, I didn't even read the script. I mean, I I didn't even read the sides. And she's like, just go. Like you can just, you know, do a cold read. 
So I went in for Amber and uh, Danielle, Danielle and Amber. And uh, I had been in for them before, but this time, you know, like they're like, hey, what you, you know, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Jim, Jim was there or wasn't he? No, he wasn't there. So I went in, I read, and uh, I could tell that they liked me. And I was like, okay. I left and they called me for the, for the test to test with my, well, with the boys, Brayden and a big, big Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I, this is not something that I want to do. Plus, they were asking for full nudity. I didn't want to do that because they I mean, had enough already. At least been the deal. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, I, I'm like, had I liked the project, I would have been more keen yes. on it. But I just, I just based off of the pages, I just not something that I wanted to do. But my agent had a hard on for it. Like he had a hard on for it. And uh, the day of the test, my manager's like, just go in, just, just go in, just do it. Like, you don't have to do it. If if they offer it to you and you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And I was like, okay. So I went in and I remember there's one other girl reading for Janet. It was just me and her. And she was about to go in when I walked in and they asked her to wait so that I could go in. And I was like, oh, this is already bad. This is bad. This is so bad. And so they rotated uh, Brayden's, Brayden's and Big Ronnie's um, with me. Then I had to go put money in my meter. And I said, so I'm like, I have to go. I'm like, I'm going to get a ticket. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take in the next girl. And then when you come back, just let us know. So I went in very quickly to do that for my meter. And then uh, she was only in there for maybe five, 10 minutes tops. And they pulled her out and had me go back in. And this girl had been waiting there. Like, I'm so sorry if you're out there. Like, that was such a, I, every time I remember going into a room, and I would see like these actors that had a really great relationship with casting directors. And then you always felt very awkward because you're like sitting there and you know the casting director likes them. Yes. I became that actor in that moment. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so over myself. This is gross. Yeah. Uh, it kept going on. And they're like, well, like, do you want to talk to the director? Because he's here and he wants to reassure you that everything's going to be fine. Because I was just not on board with a lot of the stuff. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And he told me, he said, well, what are your concerns? And I told him, and he's like, look, nothing's going to be shot as written. He's like, we're going to cheat a lot of it. And he's like, so, and if you're ever uncomfortable, just let us know. And we'll make sure that it's fine. You're never going to be uncomfortable. Uh, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. And it's not going to be shot as written and you're going to be wearing the Merkin. So it's not full frontal. Like it's, you know, it's going to be fine. And I, so I went back home they were trying to negotiate because at the time I had already signed on to do this other movie called Frat Pack that was being shot in Canada for like seven weeks, I think. Uh-huh. And they coincided. So I think uh, when that was happening, my agent called me. He's like, oh, my God, I feel like a CAA agent because like right now I have both movies and they're going back and forth. And then uh, it ended up being that Elijah did some sort of a, uh, a deal with the other movie so that they could push their production by like a week or two so that I can do three weeks on Greasy Strangler and then literally fly out the next day to Canada for this other movie. Mind you, I had just come off of Idiot Sitter because I shot Idiot Sitter from January till May something. I finished Idiot Sitter a Saturday morning at three o'clock in the morning and I had to be on set for Greasy Strangler at 11 the next day, that Saturday. And then I literally went to another movie right afterwards. So I was exhausted. And, you time uh, to take a break? And, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, no, that was crazy. It was, it was a blessing, right? But it was crazy. I said yes. And the first day on set was cool. Uh, it was fine. I had met uh, Elijah's uh, producing partner at the time, Josh, who's a dick. Uh, Josh Waller, for anybody wondering, Josh Waller is his name. And he's the villain in my story. So uh, we, the first day, we're all cool. Like I end up going to do a test with the makeup artist who's Lex and she's awesome. And, you know, doing the Merkin stuff because she had to lay the Merkin by hand on wow. my big area. Yeah. So I was told that I had to go get a bikini wax before we shot with it. I started working the Saturday after I left Idiot Sitter. So I had one night after filming to get a, a, a Brazilian to shoot the next day with the Merkin. So I had to find the closest uh, place where I could get a bikini wax. And they did a horrible job, ripped off skin. And I had to show up to set the next day. So she laid it on my bare, like ripped skin. So that was awful. So like the first, it was like the first two to three days, it was fine. Everything was cool. And 
but I was starting to feel like they were going to push for stuff that I didn't want to do stuff that I was promised by Jim wasn't going to be done because also one of the things that really bothered me about that script was that the original script, 90% of the time, Janet was naked compared to Mm. the men. And I was like, why does she need to be naked? Like what, what, like what does, what is, there's no point in this scene for her to be naked. I just didn't understand it. I figured that they were going to push a little bit, especially Josh. And uh, I told my manager, I need you on set. I need you on set as backup for me because, you know, there's some big names attached to this, but I need to feel like I can say no. Yes. So she went to set and they were the perfect definition of their perfection. Yeah. Kind and everything and supportive and stuff. As yeah. soon as she left, there was a scene where Ronnie is going, big Ronnie's going down on Janet. And I remember Michael was on his knees and we were cheating it where he was on my inner thigh. And uh, Jim says that it didn't look real. It looked like we we're cheating it. And he said, can he get, he get any closer? And he, he's British. Can he get any closer? And I was like, no, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, oh it's just, it just doesn't look real. And I'm doing a very horrible job at a British accent. But it's like, I'm like, no, I don't feel comfortable. And Michael was like, I don't feel comfortable either. And mind you, he is like a man in his like late seventies, diabetic on his knees, <laughs> freaking his ass off. He was also, they weren't like, you know, sometimes they weren't giving him his meals because he needed to ha- like have meals every four hours. Sometimes he would get so faint, you know? So without telling us, somebody tells our AD to go and push his head down without telling us. And Michael loses his balance and his nose, even though oh. I had a courtesy like cloth, it yeah. ends up inside of my oh. vagina. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, and I went off and I got mood. out and he was like, you're ruining the shot. I'm like, fuck you and fuck your shot. And I got up and I like, I went to the makeup parts. I'm like, I need you to take this off. I'm leaving. I'm fucking leaving. And I'm in my robe naked with the Merkin on and Josh comes into the room. And again, <laughs> hi, Josh. He comes into the room and he asked the girls to leave because yeah. I was with two girls in the room. He asked our FX and our makeup artist to leave and left me alone with him while I was in my robe naked and American. And he's like, well, baby, baby, what's going on? I thought we were cool. I thought we were cool. I'm like, we're not fucking cool. Like, yeah. da, 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 da. and I just went off. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get all emotional about this. He's like, <laughs> do you know how many actresses would kill to be in uh, your position right now. Like, do you know, like I could call anyone right now and they would like take this job right away. And I'm like, well, fucking call them then because I'm not doing it. And he's like, well, we can blacklist you, he tells me. And I was like, I'm like, I don't fucking care. And he's like, well, Elijah's downstairs. Do you want me to call Elijah? I'm like, if you want me to tell him to go fuck himself to his face, bring him up here. I'm like, yeah. I don't care if you're the fucking president of the United States of America. I will tell you to go fuck yourself. So fuck off. Yeah. And I'm like sitting down and I'm telling him because he's standing over me thinking he's intimidating me. Also, yeah. he's like a guy that's mildly attractive. So he usually gets what he wants. And then he's like, then he tried a different way. He tried like coaxing me and he runs his finger on my thigh. And he's like, baby, baby. And I was like, don't you fucking touch me. Yeah. And I get Lex to come in. She takes off the Merkin. I'm like walking away. I have this police baton that's a, it's a taser. And because we're in a really bad part of LA and I have the AD and Josh chasing me and I literally turned around and I, and I looked at Josh and I'm like, if you don't want me to fucking beat you and tase you with this, get the fuck away from me. And uh, so then the AD, he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And he's like, but just so you know, you have all the power. This is a $250,000 movie. We've already shot yeah. four days with you. Ev, the ball is in your court. So I went home. I wasn't answering anyone's calls. Elijah texted me. He's like, can I talk to you? And I said, no. I'm like, I'm not in the right headspace to talk to you right now. I'm like, I'd probably be really mean. And I'm like, so I'll just call you when I'm better. My agent was calling. My manager was calling me. I was crying on my sofa. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I never wanted to do this. And um, then finally, Aunt Timpson, who is one of their producers and who I always got along with, and he's such a kind man, uh, was able to get a hold of my agent and they wanted to set up a meeting with the director, him and me and mm-hmm. what it would get to bring me back to set. And the one thing, the only reason why I ended up going back to set was because I didn't want people to lose their jobs 
because I knew that they couldn't replace me at that point because they had already shot four days. days, And the only reason I went back was because these people were counting on this to like maybe secure their pension for the year, maybe secure their like healthcare. And the fact that as a woman that I had to take that on in Mm. order to like, you know, go back, like exactly situation, but that's what I, that's how I convinced myself to go back. But then I had a meeting with them and Jim literally brought the script and he brought a Sharpie and he says, whatever you don't want to do, here's the script. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, I need to see all the dailies. I need you to get me a stand in. I want you to, sh- to show me what it's going to look like on camera before we even shoot it. Yes. And I'm like, and Josh Waller cannot be on set with me. If he's on set, I walk again. Yeah. And uh, so I made all of those demands and we got through it and then it fucking so is <laughs> so, so, so didn't, so it, like the obvious question would be why didn't you do that before the movie started or, or you didn't realize that this was going to actually sort of happen? Well, I had, because one, I talked to the director who said, you'll never be uncomfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And if you are, we'll change it. It's not going to be shot as written. We're going right. to cheat it. And Anything you don't feel comfortable doing, just let us know, and that'll be the end of it, right? And then I also had a nudity waiver where I put everything that I wasn't going to do, but it hadn't been delivered yet because I had to shoot so quickly after Idiot Center that it was in the midst of just being done. So they used that time to coerce me into doing it. Yes, I'm not going to say that Jim was responsible for it because Jim was a first time directing a film and he was he was coming from the commercial world, although he should have been aware because he was a director. I think this was driven by Josh Waller, where he was trying to be a slimy sleazeball that he is to try and get what he could from his actor. And when when, you know, uh, trying to like baby me up didn't work when trying to intimidate me when trying to tell me that he was going to blacklist me and I was never going to work again when trying to tell me that I wasn't even that good of an actress and that he could get anyone else to do it when that didn't work like they knew or he knew at least that like no you're not going to fuck with me and I'm like I don't care if I never work again because in that moment I truly believe that if I let if I gave into that I was giving a part of myself away and that I was not standing up for myself and that he was going to think that it was okay to do that to someone else Uh, and I was like, I'm not an ingenue anymore. I'm not green. I'm like, I've got, you know, at that point, 10 years of this under my belt. And I'm like, so no, fuck you. Like I fucking work on Eastbound and down with Will Ferrell and fucking Danny McBride. Fuck you. Who are you? You're nobody without Elijah Wood. Like who the fuck are you? That's literally what I was thinking. And, uh, and then of course it goes to Sundance and everybody loves it. And I said no to Sundance. They, when they asked me, I said no. And then they're like, and I'm is like, that, is that I because was, of the producer? Like, yes, I don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and then they're like, you know, like uh, we've already talked to him, and you know, you don't have to see him if you don't want to. We ended up, they ended up renting a house, and he was sleeping in the same house as I was. Ugh. But I just said, I'm like, I'll go. I'm like, if I can be honest about my experience, I'm like, if they ask me, truly ask me a question that yeah. leads to that, I'm gonna be honest. And they're like, okay. Recently, Jim reached out to me because he wanted to release like this unedited version of one of the sex scenes. And he showed it to me before he put it out there. And I said, yeah, that's totally fine. You know, he was asking and I have no bad blood against like Jim or, you know, Aunt or Elijah. My beef was really with Josh Waller, which I heard because I actually told this story at a wine night with some girlfriends. And I didn't know two of the girls had just signed a deal with Spectravision who has a new CEO who's a female and they, cause they were brought in to diversify their portfolio. So it's two Latinas. And they're like, I, when I left the party, cause I was a little drunk, they asked my friend, they're like, is that true? She's like, yeah, she didn't tell you all of it either. And they're wow. like, how can we work with this company? So that following week they went to the CEO and said, have you ever had complaints about Josh Waller? And they're, she's like, well, like what? Well, like anything like this. And she's like, well, well, you know, I've heard that he's an asshole on set. And like, yes, sometimes he demeans women like actresses on set, but nothing too crazy. And they're like, well, we met this actress. Uh, mm-hmm. We won't name her, but she was a lead on one of the films. And this and this happened. The next day he was fired. He was let go. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that just happened like last year. They just is fired it, him last year. And is it yeah, it's following a pattern, it seems like, you know? Yeah. But the fact that they let him get away with it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, like, because people like that thrive on the fact that 
somebody lets them get away with it until somebody puts a stop to it. Why didn't anybody else like stand up to him or even people that worked with him? Like, did they just think it's, it was okay? Or like, I don't understand because Elijah is such a sweet man and just so kind and, you know, very generous person. And I'm like, how, how does, how does that happen? How did that partnership happen? Yeah, that's, that's what I was confused about. Like but money now, might now, have been money. <laughs> now I enjoyed the greasy strangler. Now I yes. get it. Like, yes. I, now that I've had some distance from it, I get it. And I get why people love it. And, you know, yes, while I have that very bad experience on set, I, I'm still glad that I made it because it, uh, it was like just a different experience. And I got to be the fucking lead of a film. You yeah, know, that's a female right. lead. And I got to meet Michael, Michael St. Michael, who I love, and he's such a gem. And, you know, Jim's vision was brilliant. Like, just if you look at the color scheme and the way that he shot it, he does have a very brilliant eye. And Christina, actually, our costume designer, was, was so instrumental in all of our outfits. But yeah, it's just so now I look at it differently. But I will always, I will always throw shade on Josh Waller. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And fair enough, too. So let's get close to wrapping it up after the pandemic. Uh, what does the future hold for Liz? Well, right now I'm just hoping that my sister gets better because that's why we're here. And then hopefully go back to LA at some point because I miss my home. Because you know how they say it's like you're, you're, you have the family you're born into and then the family that you make. I miss the family that I made. So I want to go home and I don't know, just like get back to seeing my friends and get back to like, I mean, I'm auditioning a lot more weirdly enough here. Are you doing, are you doing online in role? Or like, like are you yeah, doing I'm a lot lately? Like I just yes. auditioned for a series called, I think Olivia, AKA physical with uh, Rose Byrne as a lead. It's a really great script. I haven't heard back, but I mean, I've just, I've been auditioning like crazy. I've been auditioning more than I was auditioning the last few months that I was in LA. So it was just, have, it was have just they, really- have they started doing filming? So I know some places, I, I know some things are filming and I know people are taking precautions, but I don't know that like everything's back up into like yeah. full swing things. I know Animal Kingdom from TNT is shooting, but they're shooting it in small spurts. And I only know that because one of my friends just landed a role on it. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope to get back on set, but I'm also in San Antonio where, you know, I don't know how, accessible i am or accessible it will be to me so and uh in terms of like a family in the future yourself do you plan yes. to have kids, kids yeah, yeah. We, we do we've been talking about it but again it's like kind of like uh, getting pregnant at this moment yes. in time. Yes. i've had friends that have done it and they've had babies during the craziness of this all yes. um i just get scared because i'm a very sickly person in general <laughs> so, I'm like, so right now I'm just really working on my fitness and on like, you know, losing weight and, you know, like not being pre-diabetic and not having high blood pressure and stuff, getting myself in the best shape that I can in order to prep my body for that, but not anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah, right. And and we talked about it before uh, about tips, but for you, what, what can you recommend for an inspiring actor? I've got a couple of people on here that are from Australia they're just waiting for that one break, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so what advice would you give to them? I mean, I just say keep plugging away. Definitely do extra work. I will always, like, for sure say that on-camera classes, audition technique. And don't wait to join SAG if you can. Just do it. And then just uh, one of the things is network, 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 network. The reason why my best friend's manager called me was because he met me at a party where I got everyone drunk on tequila. <laughs> But that's the thing, but that's yeah. that's the thing. If you're not out there sort of meeting people and, and sort yeah. of Yeah, I it's mean networking. It's networking and workshops. Try to do workshops with casting directors right. or like um, you know, ABC, CBS, they have their casting uh, workshops as well. You know, anything like that that can get you in front of the people that are gonna be hiring you eventually. Yes. You wanna do that. And also never be an asshole because you never know who you're talking to. That's right. That's yeah. right. Unless Someone you're Josh Waller. Josh Waller, you can be an asshole to him. <laughs> and the same thing, networking. We wouldn't be talking right now if I didn't. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So. If you haven't reached out, like, I mean, and sometimes people don't reach out to me because they think I'm going to say no. And I'm always down. Like, if I have the time, 
I'm always down to do like an interview. Like, you know, I'm not like, I'm like, cool. I mean, I'm a chatty person, as you can tell, like I just go on tangents for like ever. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) that's what I would say. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. Okay. To finish off, I always just like to ask some sort of random questions. Like, uh, it's what, what people like to, you know, what's your favorite food? You know, something like that. So, um, Thai food. food. Oh, there you go. Have you been to Thailand? Oh. I, I think I would never leave if I did, though, because yeah. <laughs> I literally just cooked because I'm on keto right now, and I yes. cooked this, like, traditional uh, Thai dish, but keto version, because uh, there's this girl that I follow on YouTube called Tippy Tales, and her and her sister put out this uh, Asian keto low-carb uh, cookbook, and it's uh, plug for that, uh, and um, I just made that dinner for tonight it was like so delicious because uh, oh, I, I love spicy food well, let's 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 have let's let's go that then uh, what is your top three cuisines tie up ties first yes yeah italian um and then i would say chinese chinese right yeah. interesting yeah. i love asian well, food so next one is uh what is your top three favorite actors of all time uh, I mean, it's probably going to be mostly females. I mean, I love actors too, yeah. but, um, I'm always, because she'll always have a special place in my heart. And I think that she's brilliant and so sorely underrated. Jillian Anderson. Yes. Uh, I think if you watch her. Do you think, her, you think the, because of, uh, it was a typecast of yes, her being the X-Files, she could get, go. But she's yeah. done so much brilliant work since then. Yes. Her. Like she's Agreed. still very much like Scully. And I love Scully. Don't get me wrong. All the season uh 10 and 11 god they were phoning it in <laughs> yes uh, i like if you saw her in the fall or even in hannibal like she's a brilliant actor like she is like a legit brilliant actor and i don't think she gets the credit that um that she deserves so i love her i mean actors daniel day lewis yes i just think that that man Classy. is so brilliant at his craft and truly a craftsman at what he yes. does. He is truly, truly brilliant. And then for third, it's uh, a tie. This is going to be such a really weird tie between Kate Winslet and Harvey Keitel. Right, right. That's a that's a different. <laughs> that's a very. Did you ever uh, watch Holy Smoke? Yeah, it's she's so? in a cult and he, Holy Smoke with Harvey Keitel and Kate Winslet. Uh, where she's in a cult and he's trying to get, get her into programmer, but then he ends up falling in love with her. And then she's like, doesn't get him to do program. Like it's, it's a brilliant film. Uh, yeah. It's like a super indie film from like years ago. And tell me what, what are the three countries that you've been to your favorite countries you've been France, to France, Australia. Yes. And Italy. And where do you want to go to after the pandemic? Like for a holiday, not for business. Uh, it's right now, it's a toss up between Germany and Spain. Right. But my husband wants to go to Ireland. So maybe Ireland, maybe we could do like Ireland and Spain, like Ireland, Scotland, Spain, something like that. Yeah. Just really into that. Or like, I was super into serial killers. <laughs> I really was. I watched right. Copycat with Holly Hunter and Dermot right. Mulroney yes. and I became obsessed, uh, with Serial killers. I would like literally give myself book reports on serial killers that were not at all like given to me by school. But the thing is, the thing is, Liz, it's so interesting. But it's it's like it's what they've done is horrible. But um, but to watch it and like read about it, and uh, exactly. it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah because why like, they did it? Like why yes, would they? Like, what's the psyche? What's wrong? What with are the motives? Yeah, and some of them which had such a like a just really like normal upbringing, which I think is the brilliance of yes. like Halloween, like not the Rob Zombie version, but the original, because it was like this kid from suburbia that seemed to come from like a well-to-do family just goes psycho and kills people, mm. and I think that that's just such a uh, like that you don't have to have a horrible life to be addicted. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you addicted. It's the quiet ones. You know, the quiet yeah. ones. The, yeah. the ones that have raised up. Yeah. And all of a sudden. They so one just... of my horror, my favorite horror movies, there you go, Halloween. Because there you go. The logical, like, aspect. All right. All right. Top three movies then. You got your um, best one? So I'll say Halloween because it's just one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I'll say I have to. I have to. Uh, the X Files, fight the future, tie with I want to believe. 
Screw everybody who didn't like I Want to Believe. It was brilliant. <laughs> and uh, I will be a resurgence. Say, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I just love it so much, and it makes me so happy is Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Come on. <laughs> well, that or Clueless. Yeah, oh, Clueless. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Whatever. And I'm oh, sorry we're going off topic. Whatever happened to Alicia Silverstone? She's she still like. Yeah, she plays the mom on the Babysitters Club on Netflix. Right. Yeah. Oh, I had the biggest crush on her when I was a. <laughs> I think I did too. Like, I mean, yeah. I was like, I totally could have like gone the other way for her because yes. I loved in the Aerosmith like uh, videos. Yes. She was like yes. the Aerosmith girl. She did like three of them, and I was like, oh, like I was really like, she made me question my sexuality when I was a yeah. teenager. <laughs> so did Julian Anderson, by the way. <laughs> oh yes, yes, she she was a uh, yeah, <laughs> bit, bit of a hottie as well. Um, and music. Top Kelly five bands. Kelly Clarkson. Band. Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Come on. Um, Adele. Radiohead. Oh, nice. Uh, Siguro or Siga Rose. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. And Coco Rosie. Right. That's a good mix. Super random. Good yeah. Mix. And last one. Who Who is uh, your, your number one hero? Oh, oh role model. I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this because I got a lot of shit for it in 2016. Hillary Clinton. Right. I, I grew up in the nineties where I saw this very strong woman who did not, or tried not to even as much as the media forced it on her, let herself to be defined by a man. And it was so controversial at the time. And people crucified her for it because she wasn't baking cookies at home. Like yes. literally she had to go and bake cookies. And I just, it was just this strong chick in fucking pantsuits. And I was like, fuck yes. Like, she's like, fuck you guys. Like, I don't care. But then they did dim her light a little bit. Like all of that, she took a little bit of a beating and then she wasn't as free as she was. But I've met her in person several times. Wow. And, That's so uh, cool. She was very kind. And when I met her, she has this ability, like when you're talking to her, she'll hold your hand. And I think I think it's also a Bill thing because I met Bill Clinton uh, or Mr. President, <laughs> President Clinton, and uh, he also holds your hand. And she held my eye. And when I was talking to her, she was only listening to me. There's people going around her, but she zoned in to make sure that she gave me that moment that I guess she knew that I needed or wanted. And she did that. And then just for someone of that stature of that with that much, you know, secretary of state, you know, she yeah. was the first. She was a senator. She was a lawyer. She fucking, she was a lawyer on the uh, Nixon impeachment. You know, like she, this is a woman with a fucking resume and it's just that brilliance. And I like just the kind of difference that she wants to make in the world, even though she's not a perfect human being, because I don't believe anyone is perfect. Um, Yeah. She's my fucking hero. She's actually having like this fundraiser with Kamala Harris, like online. And I was like, yep, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody who wanted to know, that's where I stand politically. Yeah. Uh, Where can our listeners find you online? On Twitter, I'm at E Durazo. And then Instagram, I'm Elizabeth Durazo. Facebook, I'm Elizabeth Durazo. And I mean, I have TikTok and Snap, but I'm like not great at that. Right. (laughs) <laughs> i'm a little technologically challenged <laughs> instagram twitter. facebook and twitter yes i'm right. not as active on twitter you'll mostly see like my weight loss stuff probably because i just like send it to twitter but yeah instagram i try to be active and then a little bit on facebook uh i mean because i have my personal page and then i have my public page although a lot of people find me and then they add me and then i feel bad and i add them and then i'm like oh but like then I can't feel. Then some people will be like, "I loved your tits on like Greasy Strangler." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> that's definitely gonna get you like unfriended." Because yeah, <laughs> my niece is on my page. Like, yes. come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Liz. Uh, truly inspiring. Keep working hard. Keep doing what you do best, and uh, make sure you come back to Australia uh, when you get a chance. I so badly. Thank you have a you. good day. Good day. Mine's not. Say it in Australia. Uh, Good day, mate. Good day, mate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you got that accent already. It's yeah, great. Eat some Vegemite. <laughs> Vegemite. Go and eat some Vegemite now. <laughs> oh my awesome. gosh, it was great talking to you. Great to you talking to you too.